Hi there, I'm Jason. And I'm Joseph. And this is the Infinity Cast, where we spill the tea on Marvel and pop culture. This week, we're discussing Loki, Episode 2, The Variant. So let's get into it with the recap. Loki joins a TVA mission to the site of an attack in 1985 Oshkosh, Wisconsin. He derails the mission by stalling and attempting to bargain his way into the meeting with the Timekeepers. Mobius convinces Renslayer to give Loki another chance, and after doing research, Loki theorizes that the variant is hiding in near-apocalyptic events throughout time, where their actions do not affect the timeline. Loki and Mobius confirm this possibility by visiting Pompeii in 79 AD, before deducing that the variant is hiding during a hurricane in 2050 Alabama. Loki, Mobius, and the TVA agents are ambushed there by the variant who possesses the body of several locals and TVA agent Hunter B-15. The variant reveals herself to be a female version of Loki and rejects his offer to overthrow the timekeepers together. She then sends stolen reset charges to various points along the timeline, creating numerous new branched realities and throwing the TVA into disarray before teleporting away. As Mobius runs to catch up, Loki decides to follow her before the portal closes. Maybe not a female version of Loki. Maybe she's someone else. That is a huge possibility that is being discussed right now due to the fact that in international credits, she is being casted as Sylvie, which is an enchantress. Yeah, Sylvie Lushton is a version of the enchantress in the comics. So I'm very excited for that. Very excited because I I was like waiting for the enchantress to get involved in some way, shape or form. So however way they, they, they... define of how she's related in this particular universe to Loki, we'll find out. The power set is much more Enchantress, obviously. Yes, very much so. So very excited by that. Uh, I really want to know what what her origin is and where this all came about um, and in what timeline this all happened. So we will see. I'm also really excited for the bombing and now all the chaos that's been wrought for that. It was someone who did a freeze frame of all the all the bomb sites, which they showed in the like the microseconds of uh, when they showed the timeline started to skew. Yeah, I've got the list right here. Yeah, so yeah, if you have the list. I was only able to I was only able to remember a few of them. I know we're going to Vormir. I know you know one was New York. I know. Uh, so yeah, lay, lay it off if you have it all listed. Vietnam in fifteen twenty two, Portugal in fourteen ninety two, uh, Vormir in twenty three oh one. Uh, specifically april 23rd 2301 which is kind of cool because that's that's the day that uh infinity war came out hmm that's funny that's that's like okay we're referencing it but it's also going to be like 300 years later okay um two places in the united states uh asgard in 2004 rome in 1390 what happened in rome in 1390 uh i don't apparently a time bomb like i know i know i mean this is not ancient rome anymore now we're talking like rome rome so something maybe stopped the Crusades, hopefully. Sakaar in 1984. <laughs> That's cute, 1984, because that, that whole movie was a reference to the 80s anyway. Uh, Finland in 1708. Finland, okay. Don't know that one at all. Ego in 1382. So Peter Quill's dad, the planet. Yeah, so we're going to do something to get rid of Ego or... Uh, Titan in 1982. We've got New York in 1947. Uh, Tokyo in 1984, the Cree homeworld of Hala in the year 51. Damn. Kingsport in the United States in 1999, Xandar in the year 1001, Beijing, China in 2005, Madrid in 1903, and then there was a date in 1887, but there was no place. Hmm. Okay. 
a lot, a lot of 1887 is that reconstruction was going on and being ignored by Southern white assholes. That's true. So yeah, just a, a, a fucking random list of places, mostly in, mostly on earth. Uh, but a lot of, a lot of MCU locations. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can, I can, I could, we could think about the Xandar, like if Xandar, uh, got fucked up and we don't have the guardians, you know, we don't have, if, if we fuck with the Cree home world, we fuck with the power stone. A lot of these things could have ramifications elsewhere. Uh, I mean, there's so many little changes here or there. I'm, and I'm sure there's going to be more for the story itself. That might've just so many of those might've just been Easter eggs. And I can like take each one that I'm familiar with. And like, we could even do a plot by plot to see what the changes would be to the timeline for any of those things. But it's just, it's so beautiful. This show I cannot express how much I love this show for the, all the time travel journey, even though, even the way that they're, they're dealing with the apocalypse hiding. It reminds me of, um, there was a film a long time ago called millennium and it was about time travelers from the future who are, who basically the, their population is dwindled to like very sickly people because of the pollution and everything else and radiation that they've done to the planet. So they, in order to, you know, kind of increase their population, they go back in time to disasters, you know, like if a plane is going to crash or everyone's going to die, they go back in time, they open up a portal and they, they replace all the people's bodies with like inert matter, you know, like that looks like them, but it's not really them. And they take the real people back to the future. So we'll, they have more people. Um, and when they figure out a way to clean the environment, they're going to awaken these people and be like, all right, everyone, you're now part of this future. You were going to die three seconds ago. The, the, the film, the Emilio Estevez, Rene Russo film, Free Jack, had a similar concept of like people living in high society, the future, which was probably like 1998 at that point, because the movie is like from the late 80s. Um, and like p- people, if you wanted to live forever, you'd, you'd hire a Free Jacker to like uh, basically snap someone who was about to die and bring them to the future. So you can steal their body and have like a, a fresh body forever. So I, I love these things of, and these play like the fact that in an apocalypse, it doesn't matter what you do because everyone's dead anyway. So it doesn't fuck with the timeline. I love that. Yeah, I love that too. I thought it was super clever and it reminded me, it reminded me a lot of Doctor Who because I'm certain they've done that in Doctor Who. Yeah, I feel like that definitely is a Doctor Who concept of hiding in an apocalypse so you can't see him through the t- temporal sensors. That's, that's a freaking amazing. Also, a moment of silence for... Um, for Mobius a salad. Okay. Something I do want to point out though, since Vormir is one of those dates, people were theorizing when we were watching the trailers initially that we might be going to Vormir. I think we are definitely going to go to Vormir. Yeah, there's definitely that shot. Maybe Loki meets up with, with Black Widow and she's going to be in the show at some point. You know, that there was that theory. There's I mean, the fact that Black Widow could be the Enchantress now. Like maybe we're going to Vormir and stealing into the soul. Who freaking knows? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's going to be enchantress slash lady loki plus loki on vormir i'm so excited everything the show is just just freaking brilliant and like hands down to the people who are doing lighting cinematography and atmosphere this show has such atmosphere so moody i fucking love it i i, I just, just it's visual eye candy all the color palette and and like the, the the smoke depth of field of everything it's uh so hazy and beautiful and i love that mobius is like obsessed with jet skis that's just so cute and quaint. That just I really hope the show ends with him riding a jet ski off into the sunset. Uh, the judge, I don't trust her at all. I don't trust that judge at all. 
Yeah, she's cl- she's clearly lying about the timekeepers. She's lying about the timekeepers, and I feel like when she said "you're not my only agent" as a as a mean to insult him, I felt like that that's a key thing that we're gonna have to deal with later. I feel like this she someone else is working for her, and there's just she's up to no good, and she's she's not. I don't trust her at all. Maybe there aren't timekeepers. Maybe Kang's the only timekeeper. Maybe Kang will be the only surviving timekeeper. Who fucking knows? But something's up. I don't trust her. At all. Mobius, I trust. I think his intentions are solid, but I don't I don't trust her. Yeah, it was interesting. I do wonder if like is is her other analyst Kang? Or is it Mobius and they keep brainwiping him every time he like gets agency? Or a variant of Mobius, a Mobius variant. Yeah. Is possible to have a variant of a TVA agent since they're not in the timeline, technically. I mean in the comics, uh, isn't isn't like aren't all the TVA agents like Mobius? Yeah, I, I think in the comics they are. I think each one is. But the, I, I don't think we went that way here. But maybe they're doing it a different way. And like, okay, where well, all the other agents are are either worker bees or the only, or, or Mobiuses or uh, their, what are they called? Uh, agent number, fill in the number blank. There's so much, I mean, there's so much to unpack, especially this episode. You know, they're still doing all the world building. I mean, we could talk about Roxxon and, and being like, well, obviously Rock's card is, is a consumer subsidiary of Roxxon. Um, so they're, they're involved in the future. That whole sequence in when we started that, that tidal wave coming in, the drowning of that center in Alabama, I, I, it's the, the music, the visuals, everything was just so fucking beautiful. I love this show. So much. And also yikes. Cause that's where we're, that's where we're heading. Yeah, no, that's definitely where we're heading by that time period. So Marvel's predicting it. Everyone else who's ignoring it, like, that's fine. You, you drown yourselves. I don't fucking care. I'm, I hope to be in high ground far at, at that by that point. Going back to the beginning, uh, holding out for a hero is having a fucking week. Yeah, they, I feel like I've seen it three times. Besides this, it was also in the Guardians of the Galaxy game trailer, and then it was in the trailer for Masters of the Universe. That's the three. And I will say this, like, uh, I think Masters of the Universe used it the best, then Guardians. And I was like, I got to My one nitpick with this episode was the editing during that whole sequence. Okay, like, if you're going to do Holding Out for a Hero, then you better make that fight sequence, like, epic, badass, to the rhythm of that sound song. That song gives you, like, a rhythm to freaking edit to. And they didn't. It was just, like, a huge anthem while, while very slow motion moves were happening. It just didn't match. And that's, I blame the editor. Like, you could have had a, a more fun, upbeat, you know, choreography, but you just kind of just had a song playing in the background that happened to be epic. So, like, I feel like it's a wasted opportunity, even if it was planned from the get-go. Like, you could have you could have made it be careless whisper, and it would have had the same exact energy. It, had, it was just a song that was playing. Oh, man. I would have been down for careless whisper also. Right? That would have been fucking epic too. Like, and we wouldn't have had everybody saying like, "Who's copying who?" at this point in time. So yeah, best use definitely goes to the um, to the Master of the Universe trailer. That that nailed it because you can tell the editor was like, "I'm making this a music video, and I'm using this to this beat." And even Guardians of the Galaxy, they used it in the right way too. I I, I just don't think it was as good as Master of the Universe was. And this is just was it was slow. It just felt out of place. And I love that song. I've loved that song since the first time I heard it, which oddly enough was during Short Circuit 2. Yeah, that was my, that's my one nitpick of this entire episode. Did you catch all the Loki variants that they were showing at the beginning of the episode? I saw the Hulk variant. I saw the Ice the ice Giant variant. The Tour de France variant. Yeah, that was hilarious. They're, I mean, I, I love all of them. I, I, I just hope that we get more like that 
not just Photoshop Lokis, but like we got the Viking Loki, but I want Kid Loki. I want all the Lokis. I said that in the first video, in the first podcast we did. I want every single Loki available. Um, we got Blondie Bear. So, but we don't know whether it's uh, Enchantress or Lady Loki, but we'll find out. What did you think about the scene where Loki is reading the action report on Ragnarok? My heart, my heart felt for him, even though he like played it off like he didn't give a shit. Um, you can tell he did, even though like the whole point of that scene was to him to get the idea for the apocalypse hiding spot. Um, it was, you could still see it affected him. Um, and I, I, his people are gone. Like, the whole point of his existence to almost like prove that he was a worthy. So, cause at that point he's just trying to prove to, to everyone that he is worthy of the crown. Um, and I think at that point, it's just like everyone that he wanted to prove himself to is dead. And he has to kind of accept that. The musical cues in that part of the episode were really poignant. The musical cues in this entire episode, like did it for me, like the rocks on stuff, like that sequence, like all of it, like, it's so the composer of this is amazing. Did you catch the code name for the Ragnarok event in the file? Uh, no, I did not. It was codenamed the Revengers. The Revengers. <laughs> That's awesome. Also important to note, uh, classified the TVA's creation, the beginning and end of time. Everything is classified except for those like three files that he got. Poor Loki. He was trying. He was just trying to swindle everybody. I did really like him trying to schmooze the librarian. It's like, ah, he just got caught in the apex. You know how it goes. <laughs> that librarian just gave him so much shade. Like, what, man? I love him in Pompeii. It's like, <laughs> the TVA, we're, we're, fu- we're from the future, right? It seems kind of futury. I'm <laughs> releasing the goats. <laughs> Be free, my horned friends. Yeah, he was uh, He was way too excited. Uh, Mobius is kind of like, uh, dude, it's kind of, it's not cool. These people are going to die. And he's like, they're going to die anyway. It's fine. <laughs> well, Mobius was also like terrified if his theory didn't work, then he, they would be creating new timelines. And like, that's it. Like, he just didn't want the TVA to be, especially him. It's like, it'd be like a cop going in and like beating up a prostitute in broad daylight. Um, it, it's like, he didn't want to be associated with that if, if they got caught. And it's like, it, it didn't show any energy. He was surprised, but he was just waiting for the, the alarm bells to go off with Loki doing his shit. That's why I was like, okay, okay, just just do bird sounds. Like, that's enough. Like, if bird sounds don't do it, then we're all fine. And Loki's like, fuck this. I'm going to go and make a speech. I really liked the philosophical conversation that Mobius and Loki had when they were doing their research. Yeah, dude. I mean, like, there's. I just want to... I, I said this last time. I can watch those two talk forever. Like the conversations they have themselves are just, I, I just hope like when this show is over, I can just have a super cut of just the conversations and I will name it dinner with Mobius. And it's, it, it, I just, that's what I want. I want the dinner with Andre music playing. I want just the conversations all just connected as if it was just one long dinner conversation over that very sad salad. But all the philosophical conversations, the religious ones specifically, it's like, it sounds ridiculous. The timekeepers, the three lizards. Like, yeah, where'd you come from, Loki? You were made from an ice giant and from the and 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 was raised by the god of the heavens in light and Lord Odin. Like, it all sounds ridiculous. If you think too hard about where any of us came from, it all sounds crazy. Yeah, it really fucking does. Like, any religion sounds equally ridiculous. Doesn't mean whether it's true or not. We're not here to debate that. We're just saying everything sounds ridiculous. When you when you take it out of context, I'm kind of worried that they're going to separate Mobius and Loki for too long, because that's kind of my favorite thing about the show is those two. 
Yeah, I know. And now that they're away from each other, I mean, Loki's going to go on the run. I assume Mobius is going to catch up with him at some point, even though the timeline is going to be in total disarray. Um, I mean, they just created the multiverse. Of madness. Yeah. I mean, like, we're, and I, like, we were all waiting for it to be created in WandaVision, and then we were all waiting for it to be created by Doctor Strange or Spider-Man. But I think we just saw it get created. Because unless they fix it, which I don't think they can, because that was a lot of, like, broken threads. And I, some things you just can't fix that way. Um, and it's obvious that they have a very limited amount of time to, like, go and fix uh, a bifurcation. So... I think they just created the multiverse. Yeah, earlier in the episode, at the beginning of the episode, uh, when Miss Minutes, which, which by the way, holographic Miss Minutes. Adorable. Adorable. And Loki trying to swat her like a fly. Equally adorable. Equally adorable. And then they're using, um, they're, I think they're using a, a, a Doctor Who trick there with uh, with the Blink episode because he asked her, are you recording or are you real? And, and she's like, both. I'm pretty sure that's a pre-recorded message that she's just well aware of everything he'd ask. And I think it's because they know everything he'll ask. So it all is pre-recorded. Interesting. Uh, but the, the conversation that they were having was about Nexus events leading to a red line and then how like at that point you can't reset the timeline. So yeah, I think you're, I think you're right with all of those reset charges fucking shit up. I, I think that we just saw some madness. Yeah. I remember when I was in middle school, I used to obsess over the idea of temporal explosions, temporal bombs like that. And I used to theorize what what the effects would be if you destroyed something on a temporal level. You're destroying its existence so it didn't exist and it goes through time backwards through forwards. And so here it's like I get to see it in this in, in Marvel's universe and I'm just so excited. It just makes me blissful. Oh, temporal bombing. <laughs> I squeed. I squeed. I squeed. I squeed. Right, Loki? I squeed. Oh, you squeed too. Um, but like, it's so fucking awesome. I, and I don't think there's a way for any of all those agents in the TVA to get to any of those places and fix it because usually they're clipping like small little clippings of the wings, but you just bomb the whole plant. You know, it's like, you didn't create, you didn't create a small little leaf that wasn't supposed to be there. And then you, then you surgically cut that. That's what the TVA does. Um, you you bomb the main plant, creating all these like massive twists in the timeline. So, I think yeah, we just created the multiverse and complete full, you know, full chaos, full chaos. We're going into hardcore uh, quantum mechanics here. I love it. We did get confirmation though that the reset charges only reset like a limited radius. Because you and I were kind of last week like, does it? Does it destroy the whole universe? No, it's definitely limited radius. That's why they have a limited time, but it doesn't matter. Um, the limited radius, even if you do that, will affect the timeline so much, especially with some like, say, what was the one uh, that I was able to identify? The, the Let's say the Crusades. So they stopped the Crusades. No, they were going to Portugal in 1492, right? That stops Columbus. So America doesn't get discovered for way later. Um Turns out way better for the Native Americans that way. But yeah, no, something like that could definitely change the course of an entire planet. And, and like little things, little even little things, like you, whatever whatever the Vormir thing is, I'm fascinated by. It, but like, like if you if you one of them definitely leads to the destruction of New York. That shot in that we saw in the trailer um, of of destroyed New York and Avengers Tower. Like they do something that may, allows New York to be bombed. 
in that movie. And so we have everything fucked up there. And I'm sure all the Avengers are dead. And that's what we're dealing with. It's just so many little things that they would have fucked up. Even if it was a small radius of destroying that, that stuff, it changes everything. So for as many bombs as she sent, we have alternate timelines all growing. So the next like few minutes of the next episode is going to be huge. I, I cannot get to next week fast enough. Something I really liked about this episode, though, Loki seemed really excited about his detective work. Like it was actually kind of endearing and cute seeing him get into it. Yeah, it was adorable. And like his line is like, you know what? The one thing you can count on is I, I love to be right. So let's just just rely on that. And he's just doing his detective work. He's so excited. He's like a little child. His little child, the little child metaphor that Mobius keeps uh, using is so perfect. Because not just a frightened child, but just an excited child. You know, and that's what you saw here. You saw this little noir Loki detective running around trying to like figure this out so he can get the upper hand. But he's also just really excited that he's doing a good job. So it's it's a really interesting dynamic. That's what makes Loki such a complicated beautiful character to explore that now suddenly we're really getting a chance to do a deep dive and explore not through thor but through himself and i love it something that i noticed in the first episode and i also noticed again in this episode the general like tva minutemen attitude towards people when they're like resetting the timeline is pretty fucking unempathetic because they're they're worshiping the the sacred timeline. They don't care about the people on the time, especially especially since you're going to like kill these people. Essentially, the people you're interacting with when you arrive are going to die. They're not going to exist anymore. Even if another version of them exists, those specific people that you're interacting with will no longer exist. So, like if we were in an alternate timeline and suddenly like the TVA show up while we're recording this podcast, they have no qualms about what happens to the versions of us that they're about to murder. My friend worked as a vet tech and she's like, it was the most, I quit the, she's like, I quit the job immediately. And I realized this was not a part of it because I was just too brokenhearted every fucking day. And it was soul crunching having to kill all these poor animals. And it's like, I just couldn't. And eventually if you stick with it, if you're not like a good person, like that, my friend, what if you just with a soft heart, you're, you're going to get meaner and meaner and meaner because you get this frozen ice exterior when you're having to do it it just becomes clinical and i think that's what it comes down to it's just clinical you're going in and you're killing diseased tissue and that diseased tissue just looks like a a ren fair you know agnes and she's just like i need this so but we don't care about you so we're gonna we're gonna kill you in about three seconds three two one Boom. Uh, the other the other thing that I had was, did you notice the juice box that Loki took from Casey and poured into the salad? Yeah, I I, I, I don't remember what it said. I couldn't identify it, but I, I'm pretty sure it's like all this stuff is discontinued stuff, right? All this stuff is existing, but doesn't exist anymore. Can't get it. It's called Boku. It, it was like basically it was marketed as a juice box for adults and it was sold in the United States from 1990 until 2003. Was it alcoholic? I don't think so. I think it was just like an adult juice box, which sounds alcoholic. It sounds like it would be alcoholic, like especially nowadays. Like I feel like that's 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 all the rage now. It's just they are all just doing it in cans, not in boxes. It was not alcoholic. Damn it. Oh, Casey. They should bring it back as an alcoholic juice box because I think it would do way better. 
Oh, totally. Especially in today's uh, climate. Good for the environment because it's 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 just you know paper essentially like coated paper, and you know you get you get your drink on. Hashtag bring back Boku. And what, do you know what was um what was Mobius's drink? It was another Josta, his drink of choice, since he seems to really like the 1990s. Aww. Just want to see him riding off into the sunset, drinking a Josta, driving a jet ski with Loki holding on to him. Yeah, definitely. I definitely imagine the romantic, like him, him driving and Loki holding on in the back. That's that's definitely how I picture it. Wow, this is fun. Oh, God. Couldn't couldn't hold back, could you? <laughs> Did you have any other notes that you wanted to talk about? Um, no, I mean, I think I ranted through all my notes. I, I love this show. I love every single iota of the show. Um, I don't trust the judge. I said that. I feel bad for the little for the little agent who got kidnapped and revealed everything. But, you know. Yeah, we didn't talk about her, but she claims to have revealed where the timekeepers are, which I'm surprised that she would know that. Yeah, I mean, maybe all the agents yeah, know at least enough about where they are or when they are. So that's embedded into them because they're all made by the timekeepers. So they're all these like like created slave race to a certain extent. So maybe they have that information in, in their heads, but. Um, I, I'm curious if, if we're going to see her again, if that's going to still be another plot line. Because, you know, like we, we, we saw it uh, with um, in Avengers, you know, the, uh, Selwig. Selwig had Loki in his head. Now, no one likes that feeling. It kind of fucks you up. Yeah, having someone else's will superimposed over your own, probably not pleasant. No, not at all. You know, what's kind of interesting. I didn't think about this till right now, but earlier in the episode when Loki is just kind of lying and stalling for time and being a dick what he's saying ends up being right he's he's projecting his own ideas into it like he's letting he's letting everybody know what he plans to do even though he's blaming it on this other loki um he wants to get to the timekeeper so he can take over the tva that's 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 of course his plan so he's just blaming it on the other Loki and trying to do it through that way. That's that's the Loki thing. Like, I'm going to tell you to be scared of this one thing, but really I'm the person who's going to be doing it to you. So but you won't know that until you let me in and allow me to do it. So I will protect you from myself. You just got to trust me. But then you can't be mad when I screw you over. But I don't do that anymore. <laughs> do you think he's going to screw the TVA over? Of course. I mean, but also, we, is the TVA a company that we sh- we want to see screwed over? But so that's the thing. Are, are, other than Mobius, taking Mobius's you know innocence off the equation, like is the TVA a force for good? The multiverse was a natural phenomenon until the Timekeepers said, "We don't want this war. We won this. We won this war, so we're going to keep it all controlled in that one timeline. That's it." But the multiverse is the natural state of things. So. Just as Loki said, be free, my horn friends. Is the, Maybe that's what we want for the multiverse. We want all the variations to exist. Maybe the universe has been stifled and oppressed for too long. Yeah, maybe. I guess we'll find out. Yeah, I mean, until we know the, the, the true um, nature of the TVA and the timekeepers, it's hard to, to know whether we want Loki to stab the TVA in the back. We don't want Loki to truly and horrifically stab Mobius in the back because we like them together and we like those conversations. It's like Azrafal and, and Crowley from Good Omens. That's that's what it reminds me of is watching these two interact. It's those conversations that they do become friends and I want that to be a thing. Um, but everyone else I don't really fucking care about, especially the judge. I wouldn't mind Loki murdering the judge because I don't trust her at all. Putting that here now moment she pulled that whole like you're not my only thing Mm -mm -mm." 
you know there's just an arrogance about the way she's opened her mouth about it it's like i will say i think she's lying but i still really like her interplay with mobius i think i just like mobius he's he's the way he interacts with every character is great I've never liked Owen Wilson, I know it, but I, I, I can't not love him in this. I, I'm so, considering how much I hate Owen Wilson, I am so surprised how much I love him in this. I forget that I hate him in everything else. Um, and it's so weird for me to be like loving every single moment, every word that comes out of his mouth. His performance is great. He was perfect casting for this. Impeccable. Yeah, I, I don't got any other notes because I... I my the only the only thing I observed that annoyed me. I said uh, the only thing I, I loved every other thing. The rocks on holograms, special effects during that sequence, the music, everything is is there's so much to unpack. But we need more information and all the possibilities. Again, we can go line by line through all those time periods and discuss possibly what went wrong in each of those time periods. With a little bit of Google searching, we could figure out what was happening in each of those time periods, except for Vormir, because I don't think Google has that information yet. Yeah, it's in space and also in the future. Yeah, but that's not an excuse. Google, get your shit together. All right. Well, then let's shimmy on over into our Star Wars corner and briefly talk about Bad Batch Episode 7, Battle Scars. Did you like the episode, Jason? I really did. Did you like the episode, Joseph? I really did. This episode finally felt like a like an episode. Like that we were no longer waiting for something to happen. Like something finally happened. Rex came back. We got removed the chips. The plot moved forward. Wrecker finally had his inevitable freak out, which we knew was going to happen. We've been predicting it for episodes. Or like as many of the 20 episodes that have already aired, because it feels like it's been 20 episodes since the pilot. Figure out your shit when it comes to pacing, Bad Batch. Figure it out. Um, but it's good to finally, that that's over with. The chips are over with we we don't have that problem anymore and it was good it was a well-paced very like thriller-esque almost alien-esque um episode i love that we went back to the to the planet from fallen order I, i'm curious what they what these damn scrapper assholes are going to do now yeah i'm kind of wondering if we'll get a little a little uh tip of a hat to cal Cestus, who is i think on the planet at this point at this point, he may still be like getting it because it just happened. Order sixty six happened just a few weeks ago. So, well, I, that's the thing we don't we don't exactly know how much time has passed. Like maybe it's been a couple of months. Like they're really bad at showing the passage of time. I, I think it's still relatively new. Maybe a month. Yeah, you're right. Maybe like a few months have passed since then. But there's a, this is like I feel like the the next episode. There's the pilot, and then really, I mean. If I was doing a rewatch of this show, I think I'd be like pilot, then this episode, maybe the one before it, so we can see the Rafa sisters interact. But then maybe this. But this episode finally got me like reinvigorated for the show, so I'm I'm excited for this episode now that I remembered that. It I'm just glad that the mystery of who Trace and Rafa were talking to was instantly solved, and we didn't have to wait 16 episodes. And it was Rex who you know was basically like number one or number two on your and my like list of people it could be. Yeah, it was like, is it either going to be Bale, Ahsoka, or Rex? It was genuinely harrowing when Wrecker was, like, going after Omega. That was that was really intense. And I like, you could you know that he doesn't want to hurt her. He loves her. Like, if anything, they pushed really hard in these episodes to show that how much he cares about her. Even in this episode, with their, like, little tradition of going and getting Ord Mantel popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> Which apparently is really expensive, according to according to Norm Norma from uh, from Cheers. I mean, like, this episode was a really good episode. The last two episodes felt felt closer, and this one really felt tight. 
So now I'm real. I really want to see what what we're gonna what we're up to next, which we'll find out in a few hours. So Omega doesn't have a chip. No. There is a theory that I heard someone talk about that she's a Tarkin clone, but to me that doesn't make any sense of why that she would even be let out at all. Also, Tarkin hates clones, so that doesn't really make any sense. I don't know why someone came up with that. I thought it was stupid. But even if, say not Tarkin, but say it's another Imperial like project, then why would she be given such free range to roam the facility? You know, like that's, if you're making one for a very specific purpose, you keep that on the wraps. But she was just like, yeah, I'm hanging out. He's my medical assistant. We just chill. I mean, if anything, it seems like she was a clone that was specifically made for the Kaminoans, not necessarily for the Republic. Exactly. Um, I just want to go back to Camino so we can see what's going on with that. Because I feel like one of the things we're missing in this show is is the B-plot. It's like, in the pilot, we were going back and forth between Crosshairs and the Empire and, you know, the Bad Batch and their and their plans. And now I just feel like it's all Bad Batch all the time. I want more stuff on Camino now. I want more from Crosshairs' perspective. I want to see the Empire transitioning. Like, the reason why I was excited for this show more than anything else, wasn't the Bad Batch. It was to see the Empire change from the Republic to the Empire. I want to see that. I want to see what's going on with the remainder of the clones. I want to see them being you know, massively executed or massively reprogrammed or whatever it is. I, I want that. I want to see it. I don't want it to just happen in the background. The next thing we see is like a fully fledged Empire. You know, that those scenes are important. So let's get back to that. And hopefully like the, the Scrappers... Um, calling the Empire brings us back to that. Like, I don't need a show just about the Bad Batch. I want a show about the Empire hunting down the Bad Batch to a point where they're the main characters, not just the Bad Batch. Couldn't have said it any better myself. Hashtag bring back the B-plot. All right, so make sure to like, subscribe, and please tell your friends. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at InfinityCast, spelled Infinite A Cast. And you can email us at infinitycast at gmail.com. Until next time, I'm Jason. And I'm Joseph. And we'll see you guys next week.